The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention the machine. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mention the Machine podcast. This is episode 15B? No, episode 15. Episode 15. The last one was episode 14, then? Yep. All right, we're on uh, part two of uh, Jordan Peterson here. Today we're talking about his other book, Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. What do we got today, Joe? Well, he has 12 more rules. And what, <laughs> I, and what I didn't know was this man went through a lot of stuff. Meaning? Well, he apparently, long story short, had a problem with some, with some prescribed medicine that had a, a, an adverse side effect, which caused him to be put into a coma for a few months to get him weaned off of it. And he basically had to relearn how to do, how to do his whole life again. Yeah, the, uh, what was it, anti-anxiety medicine or yep. something like that? Because his, his family's been pretty unhealthy from what I understand also. Yeah. Like his daughter had an immune disease that was destroying her until she found, uh, I guess, the carnivore diet fixed that up because it was some sort of yeah. allergy she had to food. She actually, now they eat his lamb. It, it went from carnivore to lamb because it was on the, Joe, the one Joe Bergen podcast they were talking about. Huh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and but then, his, wife had, his wife had a bout of cancer. He had this... And then, like, his wife had another issue that was, like, you're supposed to have six months to live if you got this form of cancer, and she beat it. Yeah, that's craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably put me on some anti-anxiety medicine as well. Yeah. But apparently it's a well-prescribed anti-anxiety medicine, but it has some terrible side effects, and is, uh, the, the withdrawal can kill you. Yep. So you wound up in uh, Russia, of all places. Mm-hmm. Moscow. Moscow, where they put him into a coma. So rule number one, do not carelessly... Denigrate social institutions and creative achievements. Yep. Do not care to denigrate social institutions or creative achievement. He, this is him talking about... Huh? What does denigrate mean? Like uh, talk bad about or oh, like okay. tear, tear down. Like how everyone wants to... They want to tear down the, the structure of society and rebuild it better, but they, they don't know how. They don't know how to build anything. Like ah. tearing it down, you don't know all the effort and sacrifice that went into to building it. It's like when you and I were talking about how... In the, in the Bible, why it tells has to tell people not to have sex with sheep and things like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, apparently there was a problem one time in the world of history of humans yeah. where they were having sex with sheep. So they had to put a roll, roll for it. So yeah. it's like you take that roll away and suddenly people probably start having sex with sheep again. Yep. Well, they also say about how not eating swine and stuff because they were, back then they didn't have a lot of uh, hygiene stuff. So that was a way to safeguard like hygiene. Yeah, there's also a lot of parasites in pork mm-hmm. that uh, if you don't cook it to the right temperature, which may or may not be 165 degrees. It is definitely 165 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I always wonder about that because the, the religions and the pork thing, because it's only that is the one that seems like, why is chicken okay? Why is mm-hmm. like beef okay? And apparently, but pigs are apparently filthy animals. Yeah. They stink too. Mm-hmm. No, not as bad as goats do. Um, yeah, don't don't tear down social institutions or creative achievements. Like the people that want to destroy art and things like that are also bad because it's just what do you what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like why 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 are you doing it? And you don't really have a reason. You just think it's bad and you think you know better than society. Basically, one of the things he talked about in the book because I just burned through that book in four days. But um, nice. they were talking about how you should have a piece of art in your home 
because art is a gateway to creativity and basically the, the why is it doing that? Get your wires. There we go. That one too. That's what it is. I figured it out. One just, second. Just edit that all out. <laughs> There's no editing. We just roll with it. <laughs> so anyway, by having art, it gives you ability to see things that you didn't think of. Because basically, as human beings, we are very close-minded. And by looking at art, it gives you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. This perspective allows, allows your mind to open up and actually do other things and think of different things. Yeah, he talks about uh, buying art and making making your living space beautiful. Make one space beautiful and then work from there. Yeah. Because it's fairly hard to make something beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's uh, really difficult if you're ever tried to do any painting or drawing. It's not yeah. that easy. And when you're design blind like I am, it's just hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number two, imagine who you, who you could be and then aim single-mindedly at that. Imagine if you could have a single goal and just focus on that alone. I know. That's, what I, that's the, all the talks about having a, a vision for your life and things like that, which it's hard to nail that down for me, but I'm getting better at it, I think. That's my Achilles heels thinking of the future and thinking of what I could do and be. Mm -hmm. Because I always end up homeless in the gutters. Yeah, I, I think, well, that's, the, uh, that's the, the push part of it. You need the pull part of your vision, mm -hmm. which is why where you want to go, you, you know where you don't want to go. Yep. But I consider this like the, the Batman rule. Like, you know, Batman wanted to be the best at everything, and mm -hmm. he aimed for that single-mindedly, and that's what he did. Yep. Became Batman. Do not hide unwanted things in the fog. This one is always, tr like, this is... Uh, don't put shit in the closet. Don't not, don't not look at what the problem is. is yes. That, this to me. This is the, uh, I don't want to know how broke I am, so I'm not going to look at my bank yeah. account. There's a couple examples in here. One was a girl who was having all these issues. She didn't know what she didn't want to do with her life. And they unpacked a bunch of stuff and realized she was vegan because she couldn't stand the thought of animals getting tortured. And that ended up her not being able to the grocery store or walk by the, by the meat counter. So as a therapy thing, she t he took her to a, a butcher and had her watch the guy butcher meat. And then that expanded into going to a morgue and experiencing how they take care of the dead. Mm -hmm. And that allowed her to get out of that. Another example was a guy that he broke with his boyfriend and he was having all this anxiety and stuff and like just all these issues. And one, another doctor thought he was schizophrenic. Another doctor said thought he was possessed. And it turned out like his parents brainwashed him, thinking that humans are like angels and they can do no wrong. <laughs> so long story short, when he got in this fight with his boyfriend, his boyfriend like attacked him, and he couldn't believe a human being could to do such evils. And he always turned a blind eye to like that stuff. Yeah. So Jordan Peterson made read a couple of these books that talked about like how human beings are not great people. And like it was, it was a hard read for him, but he finally started opening his eyes, and imagine magically his issues started floating, like dissolving away after he realized, oh, people can be bad, but not all people are bad. Yeah, yeah. There's some. There's some. Uh, I remember that story. I remember that one, and I remember the the one with the the lady in the butcher shop, and how at first she couldn't even get in the door. She couldn't go to the grocery store. Yeah, she, she couldn't go to the butcher. When she started going to the butcher shop, she couldn't even go in the door and then she made it to the counter and went mm -hmm. to look at the meat. And then it was like a long progression of steps, but um, it, it like, helped. Like even Jordan Pearson didn't want, didn't want to go to the morgue, but he's like, well, Paige needs to do it. I got, I got to help her. <laughs> like he, do it. he even conquered some of his own fears, which is kind of cool. Yeah. 
Rule number four. Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. <sighs> this keeps coming back to haunt me since episode zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this podcast is a long con to get me to understand this rule. So basically it's like uh, if, you're, if you have a job and your coworker is not doing their job as well, by you picking up that slack, you you uh, you get the opportunity to eventually be promoted. Like you've 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 earned more by it. So that person being irresponsible and you being responsible, it makes you look better. Oh, okay. You get it. <laughs> well, I thought this was going back to the how do you, why do you, why do you see the problems you see? Mm. No, I think. Partially, but I think but by looking by going through like this and saying, okay, like if you see the problem, why should you step up and do it? This is a good like follow on to that. Mm-hmm. One of the examples he talked about was there's a guy because he went to dinner one time, and this young man was his waiter, and he explained to him how he started reading his books and stuff, and he was one of those kids that was like, oh, life sucks. I'm a, I'm a waiter. Da da da. Well, he started taking him on more responsibility at work, and he got promoted. Started making more money. He started doing all this other stuff. It's like, it's a gateway drug to getting things done. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it is. It's just fucking do the work and keep doing the work. And mm-hmm. those things happen. I know that now it's not popular nowadays to, to believe that hard work actually makes things happen. And I think hard work in the right spots is mm-hmm. the, the key. Like when I started my current job, my coworker, did a, there's a task he had to do. It's called static catalogs. And everybody hates static catalogs. And me being the new guy, I'm like, well... I need to become the stat catalog guy. Mm-hmm. I got to be the guy that goes through stat catalogs. I know that sucks, but you can get it done. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not experiencing any physical pain or anything. It's just, it's daunting. It's dumb. You muddle through, you get it done. And guess what? My ability, my special ability, is to do the shit nobody else wants to do. <laughs> but yeah. now I'm a stat catalog guy, and like, there, I've got a system, and it just gets done. Yeah, Jocko's got a good story about this. Uh... Opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated because he uh, he was a SEAL and as a Navy SEAL he wanted he obviously wanted to go out on like every mission possible but not every mission needs like not every mission needs a sniper not every mission needs a machine gunner or whatever else but the one thing that all missions need they need a comms guy mm-hmm. so Jocko went and became the comms guy so he could be always on deployment now comms is not fun you got to carry the big radio and all mm-hmm. that other stuff and you got to learn all that. Frequency math and all that stuff. That, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Kilo Echo. Yeah, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, that, by by doing that, he got by by taking on the responsibility of being the comms guy. He got the opportunity to go on every mission. Nice. Rule number five. Do not do what you hate. <laughs> it seems seems obvious, but it's it's not. I think this is something I'm guilty of. I I do things that I hate doing, even. Even though I, I really truly hate them, and it makes me uh, bitter, and I don't like to be bitter, but that's what happens when you do things that you hate too much. Every once in a while, I think as adults, we have to do something that we hate. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line, though. One of the examples was a woman that was in human resources, and she was losing her shit because of flip charts. Now you think flip chart? What's so bad about flip charts? Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing bad about flip charts. But the word flip is actually a derogative term for Filipino. Uh, and they're worried about people getting offended <laughs> by the word flip chart. So they spent all this time trying to figure out a better name for these charts. And it just started snowballing. 
nobody with a Filipino descent was having issues with this. Somebody was trying to nip something in the bud that wasn't there. Uh, and it wasted so much time. And, she st and she, apparently she had a, a journalism background from America because she was, she was from Russia. So, like, she was used to, like, the communist mentality of stuff. And now that she was in the United States doing a job, she's like, this is bullshit. Yeah. So she started doing journalism stuff, and she started doing these other jobs. And she basically left that job to, to try and be, like, an advocate for, like, this is out of hand. We shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I just think about, uh, there's a, there was a video when I, it was on YouTube when I first started getting into graphic design, and it was... Uh, if, a, if a committee designed a stop sign and it showed like how terrible the stop sign turned out mm -hmm. to be versus what we currently have and it's just because sometimes people have opinions on things that just don't need to be and if you try to please everybody nobody's going to be happy exactly rule number six abandon ideology what do you got Joe? absolutely nothing <laughs> I think what this means is that Oh, now I can't remember. So socialism, socialism, feminism, um, all the isms, basically, or ideologies. And a lot of these ideologies are just a way to say, I'm on this team, and this rule set is what matters. And if it doesn't matter, then you're, you're an enemy. Right, okay, I get it. So avoid, avoid thinking that draws hard lines in the sand, Yeah. like black and white thinking. So everything can't be black and white. Exactly. As a side note, I just finished a book called Thinking Like a State. And one of the things they talked about is how some bureaucrat thought they knew better than everybody else. So they were trying to inventory these forests. And it was too much work to, like, figure out all the diversity. So they wanted to make a mono forest, which is a tr just one type of tree in that forest. Well, the first two years, that tree grew great, and then after that, it started dying. What they didn't realize is the diversity of the forest is actually giving the nutrients for the, for the forest to grow stuff. Yeah. And another side note they were talking about with that it was, one of the reasons we need pesticides is because we start growing all the same crop in the same area. So you're, you're, you're basically attracting pests of a single type. Mm -hmm. So that's why like, we needed pesticides back in the 70s and 80s, because we started planting the same thing everywhere. And then I'll, all these pets are going to the same area. Yeah, it's like putting a Starbucks up and you attract white girls. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Cause or a craft beer bar and you find me there. <laughs> yeah. Because basically what they're saying is like the diversity and diversity in like growing stuff is what helps stuff thrive. Like they talk about how that apparently there's only like two or three types of bananas in the world now. Mm -hmm. Before there used to be thousands. Yeah. No and we messed with them. The, that banana flavoring that you don't like, what most people don't like. That was based off of a banana that used to exist. That's I, why I don't like that banana flavor. Well, it's apparently a lot. According to the studies, a lot of people don't like that flavor because mm. it doesn't it doesn't taste like banana. Mm. It because back in the day it did taste like banana, but that that version of banana got phased out and Damn, died. Well, now I need some uh, banana now and later's. Mm -hmm. Remember those? Yep. Do you still make those? Yes, they do. Man, my teeth, my but, teeth. But diversity, diversity is the key. Usually, yeah. And what's funny is, like, the, thinking about the ideal, ide uh, ideology stuff, like, the group think of an ideology is usually not diverse. It's a single-minded thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the... It's something I noticed that came up, I think, from when I started working on the Internet, and it seemed like everything was always a list. Mm -hmm. And everything was like... 
And you saw society just starting to slap as many labels as it could on people, trying to like divide people up into which column they belong to in a database. And it's mm -hmm. like, it, I'd, I'd really got weirded out by that. And it's like, if you weren't in this column, then you were the bad people. Mm -hmm. and it's like, don't, don't do that to people. Like, because people change. Yeah. Work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing and see what happens. Rule number seven. I think the rule number seven and rule number two should be linked. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's also basically saying, like, if you have a project at work or something, and if you are in your own life, one of your projects, for instance, and you work as hard as you possibly can on it to try and make it the best thing that it could be, a lot of growth will happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think of Mar and I on the uh, the schoolie building that, and it's the amount of things I've learned just because we've been trying to do this, and like, I don't want to mess it up. So mm -hmm. I've been working a lot harder on it and doing research and mm -hmm. learning new skills. And it, it's, I think it's a good function to promote personal growth. Yep. Try to make one room in your house as beautiful as possible. Hey, we talked about this Yeah. One. So I guess we can skip it. Yeah. This one's a good one. If old memories still upset you, write them down carefully and completely. Number nine. This circle uh, back. I'm sorry. Okay. This circles back to the guy that I was talking about who worked with his boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And that he never unpacked that night. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they did was that he did hip, uh, hypnosis. And he was basically put on hypnosis to explain what happened that night. And they talk about the first time he went under. They, he explained what happened and said, and Jordan said, when you feel comfortable coming out of this, go ahead and wake up. And he didn't wake up. Like, he stayed under for an extra 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Because his brain never unpacked it. Yeah. So he actually had to extend the... Fortunately, it was the last meeting of the day, so he extended the, the thing so that the guy could get back to normal. Well, he skipped that previous, that next week because I guess he was embarrassed or something. I don't know. They, they, it was kind of fuzzy why he didn't come, come in the next week. But the following week, he came in and he asked him, can I put you under again to talk about this? And he talked about it, and when he told him to wake up, he, wake, well, he woke up basically instantly. And apparently, all the issues he was having, the reason he went to Jordan, basically melted away because of that. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, there's a lot of trauma that we carry that we don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. And we see it in anime and stuff all the time, like the movie Macros Plus. Mm -hmm. Like, the main character, one of the main characters in there, there's a, there's a memory they keep playing over and over again. And they always cut, like, you know there's a part missing. Yeah. And at the very end, he finally unpacks it and realizes, oh, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, that was me that did the thing, not the guy I was blaming. Yeah. Yeah, I think also the writing them down carefully and completely, Jordan Peterson goes on about talking about why you should learn to write because learning to write teaches you how to think. Mm -hmm. So putting your thoughts in order and mm -hmm. coherently, it teaches you how to think, it teaches you how to be a better communicator. Mm -hmm. and, I, and writing down your memories makes you actually put them into an order, into a sequence and say, okay, well, this is really what happened, especially when you do it completely. So a funny side jag. Last night I had this really weird dream about New Year's Eve, and usually when I have a, have a crazy dream, I wake up and I try to record it on my phone. And apparently I was still asleep, and I kept trying to like record it, and the, in my dream I kept fumbling the, 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 the phone, I kept telling the story, and then I went to check my phone and I realized, you're still sleeping. <laughs> this happened like eight, eight times last night at least, and amazingly I, remember, I still remember the dream because you mentioned the, the whole thing, but like... That whole thing of I was trying to record and put it down so I could talk about it later. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. So your day was messed up before <laughs> you even got up this morning. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For the 
listeners know, I had a bad, bad two hours before the podcast. <laughs> but now that I'm pa- unpacking my trauma, I think I'll have a better day. Yeah, maybe. Write it down. Send your, skip your happy hour. Just, just get your journal out. Number 10, plan and work diligently to maintain the romance in your relationships. So this is a good one, I think, because a lot of times people just accept their... Their relationships, their not necessarily with their their partner, but like your all your relationships with like your parents and your mm-hmm. friends and things like that. To like, be honest, it doesn't have to be romantic. It's right. just planning and work doesn't maintain maintain relationships in wait. Planning work doesn't maintain to maintain the relationships in mm-hmm. your life is what I would say. Because yeah, and I think the romance part is more. It's more of a broad thing. He's not saying, like, oh, it'd be romantic. Like, hey, Joel, here's some flowers. He's thinking, like, the the fun part of it, yeah. you know? Like, well, I, especially nowadays, I think it's too easy to, to pull a, a Joel and Hermit myself in the house versus, like, calling friends and saying, hey, you want to go for a bike ride? Do you mm-hmm. guys want to hang out? Like, well, the example he talks about is how, like, he's seen couples before. Well, he doesn't do couple therapy, but occasionally he needs, he always talks about how you got to hear both sides of the story. So long story short, what will end up happening is like, well, you guys need to do a date night. Mm-hmm. And basically, they kind of like, okay, we'll do this. And then, it was a horrible thing. Why did you make us do it? Da, 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 da. He's like, if you're supposed to be married for 60 years, and he gives you the numbers of how many hours you're supposed to spend together. Yeah. And like, basically, it works out to you. You should have at least, if in a married, in a married relationship, you should spend at least 90 minutes a week talking about the, per, the current or previous week. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how like, these people go on these dates. It's like, okay, if you have, I'll just sit on ten thousand dates in your lifetime with your spouse, and two of them don't aren't don't go as planned. Yeah, that's a super small percentage. Right. right. You get, you've got plenty of other times not to screw up. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, I it's one of I it get it comes up in the Iron Council all the time with these guys because for whatever reason there's a high percentage of divorce or people that are on the edge of divorce that wind up in the Iron Council. And one of the things that they have to fix is they have to fix their their romantic relationship, and they they tell them you gotta have a date night, you gotta have a date night, you gotta you gotta make sure that you you don't take your wife for granted or your significant other for granted as just a person that's just always gonna be there. Like, oh, I've got the wife thing locked mm-hmm. down. Like, no, because the wife thing will wander if you don't. Yeah. Well, he talked about how like well, the one thing that stood out to me was how like if you're in a relationship. And you don't give the, the significant other any attention, they're gonna seek it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, my wife cheated on me. Well, why did she cheat on you? Well, we haven't done anything in a couple of years. Well, that's kind of your fault, actually. Yeah. It breaks down to. It's kind of funny. It's like, oh, so not necessarily, like, in my mind, if you cheat, you're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then he points out how, like, it's not necessarily you're the bad guy. They just want someplace else to get the attention they needed because they weren't getting it there. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because, like, all these years, I'm like, cheaters, pieces of shit. But the way he explains it, I'm like, well, not exactly. Sometimes it's actually the, the other person's fault. Yeah. I mean, and they, they one of the examples in that happens in the Iron Council is a lot of these guys, they also, their their marriage starts falling apart because they stop taking care of themselves. Yeah. Like, they stop being fit and attractive to their wife. They become, like, a lazy piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, of course their, their wife's going to wander. I mean, if, her, if she's not attracted to you mm-hmm. and, and you're not even being a decent person, then... What's there for her? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that chapter is really interesting. Number eleven. Do not allow yourself to become resentful, deceitful, or arrogant. 
this is this rule I think was written for me because like I said earlier I, I become resentful and arrogant definitely for sure I mean there was the story I was telling earlier about the the almost sucker punch but <laughs> it's like there's arrogance there would you like to tell the story nah it's okay you had to tell the story uh, so I was walking down the street the other day going to the store and some guy came walking towards me and his fist seemed like it was kind of balled up and he was walking a little more towards me than down the street at little, one point. little sus as the kids would say yeah yeah fucking kids <laughs> but um, yeah and then it looked like they, something might happen and as I've been training martial arts for many many years I uh, I was kind of with the idea of the altercation and I think the guy saw that I was not just easy prey and he decided against it <laughs> he saw that look in your eye going okay let's do this <laughs> he's like no thank you I'll, I'm gonna go <laughs> So you've chosen the path of pain. <laughs> <laughs> I get very resentful a lot. I mean, I try not to be arrogant. I mean, some people jokingly accuse me of being arrogant, but I get more resentful than anything. Yeah, resentful's it's a tricky one to avoid, I think, just especially with the amount of stuff that goes on in the course of a day. And if, you, if you're not careful about being grateful for what you have and... Like we were talking earlier about the gratitude and like mm-hmm. so we were talking about how bad things can be in other countries versus what we have here. It's easy to be resentful for things that you really, other people would be grateful to have. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get into a lot of arguments with my, my mother-in-law and things like that and that can turn me resentful in that relationship and I got to not do that because for a lot of people they'd rather have their mother-in-law still in their lives or, you know, that's my wife's mother. She'd probably rather have her mother in her life and... Me being resentful is just not being good for that relationship, which goes back to the other rule, rule like maintain the relationship. So mm-hmm. it's like I got to be a good, good steward of that relationship. Which also rules us into be grateful in spite of your suffering. I love this rule. I don't. <laughs> I hate this rule. Uh, that's a good rule because it's to me it's it's again being as bad as things are they can be way worse mm-hmm. and there's also you get to. In this, this world, you kind of get to choose what your suffering is. Like Jordan Peterson says, you have to make a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get to not make a sacrifice, but you can choose your sacrifice. You can choose what, yeah. what thing you want to give up. I mean, it's you want to be healthy, you got to make healthy decisions. You, mm-hmm. So you got to give up something. You can't... Uh, like, I guess the more I think about this rule, I had a conversation with my mother last night, how, like, I've been over to my parents' house every day, Monday through Thursday this week, to help do something. And... I have no problem doing it. Like I was telling you earlier before the podcast, like I was, telling, I was complaining to a coworker, I gotta get my parents. I'm like, but they're my parents. I'm gonna go help them. I'm gonna bitch like a little bitch for a couple minutes, but it comes down to I'm gonna go, go, I'm gonna put my big boy pants on, put my boots on, and go over and do whatever needs to get done. Yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do. And I and some people, you're such a good son. You're such a good son. I'm like, why am I getting so much praise for doing what you're supposed to do? Yeah. It's like it's almost like I brush my teeth and I go, oh, good boy, you brush your teeth today. You're a special little guy. I'm supposed to brush my teeth. Why are you praising me? Did you ever hear like when Coggins talks about that? He said, I get so many questions. People saying, well, why do you why do you run so much? He's like, I hate when you hate running. He's like, I hate getting showers and brushing my teeth, too, but I still do that. <laughs> but like, I should be great. I am grateful because my parents are still alive. Like my dad's 88, going to be 89 in June. My mom's 79. I, he's 88, going to be 89. My mom's 79 now. It's like. A lot of my friends don't have par- have both parents. Yeah. Like, one parent's gone or both parents are gone. And here I am, 43, going to be 44 in less than 24 hours of recording of this podcast. And I've got both parents alive and kicking. 
And my parents are in better health than some people's parents that are 10, 20 years younger than them. Yeah. Like, I was thinking the other day about how, like, you know, your parents aren't going to be around forever. Like, ever since I was five, my dad said, I'm not going to be around forever. 40-some years later, he's still here. I'm like, well. <laughs> it laughs in Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I'm very grateful. Like, this, I was telling a, a co-worker how, like, Everyone keeps telling me how much patience I have and how great I am at doing things. Like, that doesn't feel like it. When I'm doing a project and I fail at it, or like my biggest pet peeves, I'm working a computer problem, and I get the message, see your system administrator. I am the system administrator. I'm out of options now. <laughs> but then you look at the other friends, and like, they wouldn't have gotten even 1% of where you got in this project. But here you are, you're almost at the finish line. You just got to find one more solution, and you're done. Yeah. Like, I am very grateful for the stuff I've learned and the stuff I can do. And... I should be grateful that I have that these are the problems I have. Like the other day, I got a flat tire. I'm like, oh crap! I don't have to buy tires. That's five hundred fifty dollars of the tires I got to buy because I spent tire, money on tires last year. And I'm like, well, let's see if I can find the hole. Mm-hmm. And I found a shard of metal the size of a quarter in my tire. I pulled it out. I put a plug in. I, t- I patched the tire. Went down the sheets. Put air in the tire. Ran some soapy water over the hole. There's no leak. Like I'm grateful that I know how to do this stuff. Yeah. I mean, because bad things are going to happen regardless to whatever you do. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're just, oh, woe is me all the time, then you're just an insufferable twit. Mm -hmm. B just went by. Good old bees. Yeah. Apparently, I might no longer be allergic to them now. Nice. I got stung eight times last summer, and I didn't die. Hmm. See? Now you you can be grateful for that, in spite of your suffering from getting stung by bees. Yeah. It's kind of funny what happened, because I get... I've not been stung by anything in quite a while that could actually hurt. Like, I've got mosquito bites, but, like, a bee sting? Ooh. (laughs) For such a small needle, Uh that packs a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, I think, think, is there a chemical on there, too? I guess. Mm. But, like... Hurts the bee worse, though. Yeah, he dies. Sadist made that animal. Well, yeah, you got a spike for your ass for protection, but... Mm -hmm. You know, it's attached to your internal organs. Well, it's for the queen. <laughs> it's all for the queen. Mm-hmm. But we mentioned Meaning Wave, which we cannot stress enough. Well, I, I should say I, I can't talk for Eugene, but Meaning Wave is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's Because when the first well, 12 Rules of Life came out, I struggled so hard with that book that I had to put it on 2x speed to get through it. Yeah, and if you don't know, Jordan Peterson kind of sounds a lot like Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. So if you put him on 2x speed, it's even worse. <laughs> but I think I'm going to try uh, 12 rules again to listen through it because I listened to Meaning Wave a few times to get the, get the gist again. But the main thing I took away from the 12 rules was lobsters. We're basically <laughs> lobsters. And serotonin what rules, what rules our body. So stand up, stall and cl- stand up tall and clean your room. Yep. Take care of your shit. Be responsible because if you're not, no one else is. You can't mm-hmm. complain if you're not responsible. Mm-hmm. Or in the words of Jocko, take extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. Own the problems and own the solutions. In the time of death, be that person that can take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's be the rock. One of Jordan Peterson's things about uh, having a worthy goal for your life is to be, be the strongest person at your father's funeral. Mm-hmm. So that when everything, everything else is falling apart, you can be there to take care of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I was thinking about like in Dungeons & Dragons. When you got the tank that's got the full plate armor and you mm. got your party and there's that door that, 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 that the enemy's going to come through, it's your job to stand in front of that door and take every shot. Because mm-hmm. you can take the punishment, but the squishy wizard behind you and the ranger behind you with nothing in the armor, <laughs> right. 
they're just going to go down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> you, on the other hand, you were built for this. <laughs> right. So do your job, block that door, yeah. and save your friends. Take, take the suffering. Yep. If you can, they can't. Yep. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's the 12 rules, 12 more rules for life, Beyond Order by Jordan Peterson. And that's our kind of stories about it. Next, we're going to be uh, diving into 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. I, I thought I had a couple months for that. Oh yeah, we do. We're, that's not that's not next, but that that's oh, that's coming up. That's uh, that's the month of June or July, maybe. Yeah, because that's that's a that's a doozy of a book. Just to warn you, you uh, Dave, there's three uh, episodes back to back on that one because there's three different books. Yeah. So, but we'll pick something a little bit softer. Yeah. Or we could let Dave pick. See if anything he wants us to touch on. Ooh, reader recommendations. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What are we currently reading? I'm reading a. Uh, da, 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 a book on sleep. I'm reading a, a. I'm listening to the audio book of Killing Kill Your Sacred Cows. I would have be I'd be reading it, but for whatever reason, the the paperback version is a hundred and some dollars, and that's too much for a book for me. Um, I'm also reading uh, Peak Mind. Still, that's about meditation and fixing your focus problems. Uh, and I think that's it for me right now. Well, I just finished. In the past four days, I've finished 23 hours of audiobook. So I finished Seeing Like a State, which is very eye-opening about bureaucrats and how they're single-minded. And I've finished the whole rules in time for the podcast. <laughs> I just made a list of all the books I have in my Audible that I need to go through. So I'm probably going to pick a couple things and see where we go. Yeah. We can always cover uh, Jocko's children books. <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's us. Uh, happy Easter, everyone. Yeah, happy Easter. <laughs> Guess I'll have to put this out tomorrow now. Dun, dun, dun. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit TheMentionTheMachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.